Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. The show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and indeed for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today, I'm really excited to be joined by Walter Trevino, um, a name that's well known in PropTech circles. He is the initiator of Holland PropTech and Contech. Walter, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. Nice to be with you. Uh, amazing. Uh, well, Walter, we've been sharing your content for many years, going back 2016, 2017. So actually, anybody who's familiar with PropTech Ireland should be familiar with the work that you're doing as well, because I know we've relied heavily on some of the, the innovation that, that uh, you guys have done and some of the research. Um, and you're definitely somebody who is is really championing um, not the advancements of technology across the built environment, but increasingly driving that more towards maybe the climate tech and helping real estate operators to not just achieve ESG standards, but really to understand what those ESG metrics need to be. And um, so talk to me a little bit about, first of all, just so we understand the ecosystem for prop tech and uh, contech or construction technology across Holland. Um, what is that like right now? Yeah, well, thank you very much, Carol, for the nice, uh, nice words. Um, yeah, yeah, indeed, we we started nine years ago uh, already, so it's been a long, uh, long while. Um, of course, there's been uh, a lot of changes in those uh, those nine years. Uh, we had an economic crisis going on. Uh, we started in a great market, actually. Uh, we had a pandemic in between, um, so a lot of major issues have uh, have already uh, occurred in those uh, those nine years. Uh, but right now, the ecosystem, well, a lot of uh, a lot of things are happening because of climate change, of course. Um, so uh, new materials, uh, bio-based materials is a hot item. Uh, the, the, the energy transition, it's a hot item. Um, ESG is a hot item because of regulations that are coming in from uh, from Europe. Um, so um, and then, of course, we have housing affordability. Uh, it's a hot issue. Rents are going up. So the um, that's, uh, I think, also the basis of the, the crisis. That is what is happening on uh, right now. Um, so there is a lot of stuff happening right now in the uh, uh, in the construction and build environment. Um, it looks like a perfect storm. Uh, and then you have also well, the, the, the solution side of it. Um, we we stopped calling it uh, startups and scale-ups a, a while ago because that was like a nice to have. Um, and we need to go to solutions that are really bring value. Um, and if you find those solutions, then you can really build a business case around it as well. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually. It's one that's worth emphasizing there because, again, through PropTech Ireland, we would have seen something quite similar. So, yes, we absolutely have a mandate to support uh, startups and scale-ups in the area of using technology to innovate across the built environment. But the reality is the industry the industry is a lot more sophisticated, I think, than maybe tech innovators from outside of real estate or, or construction perceives it to be. And the reality is these are experts who know their industry and they know the problems within their industry. And I think what's really interesting is that, um, you know, like you, I've I've been kind of on the you know, working on the uh, on the innovation of these industries for almost a decade. And the reality is what we've learned over that time is that even if a problem is identified as such, not all problems deserve 
to be fixed. Not all problems will be resourced by the industry to be fixed. So actually, we learned a few years ago that you have to take the industry's lead in terms of the problems they've identified as priorities, but also ones that actually need to be tackled. Be and sure. they have. Mm-hmm. They've really been around user experience. So we see whether it's cross residential or commercial, some really interesting things in terms of improving the user experience right across the transaction for people who are buying and selling property, leasing and rental commercial spaces, living in rented uh, in rented apartments or actually the social side of how we operate in commercial spaces, which is increasingly important. But definitely the last two years have been dominated by uh, ESG and I uh, do you know not even just ESG the social is a huge part of it um, and, and the governance almost is happening as a result of, of this um, increased digitalization of the industry but the sustainability the environmental part that's really the interesting one um, you you have the benefit of not just in Holland but I know you work across Europe and beyond so how what are you seeing as the key drivers of um say the sustainability or the environmental um technology innovation is it coming down to regulation is it coming down to funding what are the drivers yeah i think the main driver is regulation uh for sure uh but uh besides that um you see also uh, within the corporate side um you see leadership that is changing a little bit uh, I think the main driver there again is uh, the regulations because they need to do something. Um, but um, a lot of people uh, also see that uh, we have a major issue with climate change, with uh, CO2, um, CO2 emissions in the built environments, like 40% is our responsibility. Um, so we need to act and we need to do something about that. And uh, you, you see that there are solutions that you can make a difference um, and then sh- that you also can get better loans, better terms uh, if you have green buildings. Um, so for sure, um, money, uh, regulation, but also vision, it all helps uh, to, um, uh, to, to start doing something and to start implementing these solutions that are there. And ESG, for sure. Um, has uh, been a major shift uh, on that. Uh, the Green Deal uh, in Europe and everything that comes with that, with the ESG stuff, the CSRD, the SFRD, uh, the EU taxonomy, um, all those things help a lot to uh, to embrace this, uh, this change. I'm curious about some of the solutions, and I definitely want to talk to you about those, but you might just talk us through some of the problems, because like like um in, in a lot of cases when you're working trying to promote innovation there are some assumptions around the problems so talk to me about the realities of the problems let's start by looking at the construction side first what are the real problems that are that are being reported on the ground that people are looking to tackle this year well i think also um uh, for instance in the netherlands we have right now new regulations coming up on um that you need to uh, be able uh, to always have uh, an insight on what is happening on the um, um, on the construction field side, uh, but you also need to have this data in order uh, the years after. Um, so when the building is in in use, you still need to know what is uh, how the building is being built. Um, so data is coming a major issue, um, and have your data in order. Um, is even more uh, becoming more important. So you see companies uh, working on that on a on a big scale. 
Um, I think that's for construction really important. And then for the real estate people, real estate developers, well, um, energy is a major issue right now. Um, the, the energy net is uh, uh, over, uh, well, overflowed, or how do you say it? It's, uh, it, it the capacity is, is completely full. Mm -hmm. So if you start a new development, you really need to be sure that you have uh, one way or the other um, um, well, uh, your energy um, uh, use of the whole building or whole development that you have uh, this uh, this well this capacity in hand, and that you are able to uh, well to 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 keep your pros, uh, project in uh, uh, in still in development. And um, I think it's really interesting when you talk about having the data because, in fact, in the last number of years, it feels almost like we have. I won't say too much data. We have a we have more data than we understand what to do with, and I think maybe where the shortfall is is in perhaps oh, extracting, well, extracting the insights from that data, but also you know because the the nature of this business is such that uh, you know when when a vacuum appears, it will be filled, and what we saw was an increase in. Uh, different international and global certifications and now now I think a few years on we're starting to have a conversation around actually what are the right metrics what do we need to be looking at or you know what do we need to be uh, measuring what are the important um, metrics that we need to be focusing on and what are the ones that will really have an impact in terms of as you refer to the 38 to 40 percent emissions that the building environment is responsible what are the important metrics that will really make yeah. a difference and an impact here um so in terms of understanding in you know when when we enter an environment where everything is important then nothing is important so in 2024 what what is important for people when they're trying to understand how they're building whether it's an existing building or a planned building how it can genuinely have a positive impact um and it can it can do something in terms of contributing positively towards um, towards the built environment because what we're seeing now is carbon offsetting is just not going to be acceptable uh, for the no. built environment. So, so everything is going to net zero. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So talk end. to me. Talk to me about some of the solutions and maybe some of the important some of the important metrics that that we're working towards or for the for the built environment clients that you're dealing with. What what are they focused on for 2024? On the solution side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, uh, that's a good question. Well, actually, um, what we're looking right now with the the, the ESG uh, awards that we're organizing for a lot of solutions. Um, so I don't think that it's the right moment to uh, for me to mention already a couple of solutions uh, because um, I want to be open and independent and not mention too many names in this. Um, but uh, I think it will be very interesting to see what kind of solutions are all coming in. So we are now scouting the whole world uh, to find the best ESG solutions. Um, and we bring this together um, at, at MIPIM uh, on the 12th of March. Uh, then we also publish an ebook with all the solutions in there in different kind of categories. Um, so that will make it also easy for construction real estate companies to find solutions on the problems that you are facing um, um, so that you can yeah, uh, implement them. Um, I, I'm delighted that you brought that up, Walter, because I'm really excited. And within PropTech Ireland, we're really excited about the Global ESG Awards and we're delighted to be involved and, and support um, the initiative. So it is really exciting. This is the, the inaugural 
Global ESG Awards. And the applications are open. Are they open right now? Yeah, they are right now till the 31st of January. 31st of January. So what have you started to receive applications at this stage? Yes, we have now nearly 30 applications coming in. So that was just between uh, the, the Christmas holidays, of course. Um, and around 150 people that already registered as a user on the on the site. So they are working on their application. So I think we can expect between, would be nice, between yeah, 300, 400, 500 solutions. That would be great. Amazing. Uh, you might just uh, take us through how many categories do you have? Yeah, that's good. Good question. We have six categories right now, Carol. Uh, one of them is for the corporate uh, personality. So that's for corporate ESG managers, ESG directors working at uh, real estate or construction companies. Uh, that's the ESG Leadership Award. Mm -hmm. And then we have five different kind of categories for uh, for solutions. Um, do you want me to run over all of them? Yeah, I think. well, I think that would be really useful, actually, because uh, not only do we have PropTech startups and scale-ups listening in today, but actually what we found is that some of these technologies can be can be targeted um, in new ways. And I find that really exciting and a really exciting opportunity for startups and scale-ups in Ireland, but also those who are already on the ground offering solutions. Um, so I yes, I'm delighted to see the the corporate leadership because the, you know I, I I think that's really important. And you know it's funny a couple of about two or three years you, you ago, need people you need people to yeah. to, to, to to embrace it. Yeah. But uh, what's really uh, what I think is a really nice opportunity here is that actually the, it was almost starting from a level playing field. A couple of years ago, I started to see on LinkedIn some of my network who were facilities managers, uh, building engineers, all different professions suddenly changing their title to sustainability manager and actually we we joked about it in quite a flippant way it was like oh everybody got educated and trained overnight and i was a little bit cynical about it but what's really interesting is to see who has risen up to the title who has actually started to deliver there so actually while we joked about it in a flippant way maybe two years ago Actually, what we've seen are really good ESG leaders emerge. And these are, I mean, we're going beyond just thought leadership to really practical, taking really practical action and doing it in a very open and transparent way, uh, publishing fantastic case studies so their competitors, so their peers don't get left behind yep. and they yeah. can follow. And to me, the essence of leadership, you can't be a leader if you don't have followers. So for me, if you're in corporate leadership, you have to do it in a really open you way. Yeah, you have to share your knowledge. bringing people along, you have to share your knowledge. So I'm really excited about that one. But in terms of the categories that might be of interest to, say, our startups and scale-ups and our innovators listening in, what are the different solution categories? Yeah, so the the number one is what we start with is the compliance award. So this is for the best solutions that comply with all different kind of regulations. So that has everything to do with uh, what we just talked about as well, data collection, uh, but also reporting like the CSRD and the SFDR and EU taxonomy, for instance. Um, so everything that has to do with uh, uh, yeah, compliance. Excellent. And then what are some of the others? Because I think the regulatory one, you know, look, that's an interesting one. I think EU taxonomy has actually made it much easier. I think that's been something that people welcome. They they want this, but they're just there's an education piece that maybe hasn't gone along with it. So having that built in compliance is, is 
almost a, a I don't say it's a standard, but actually, if you're if you're selling a solution in the market that doesn't have that, you probably aren't ready to be in the market. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, so what are some of the other focuses? The next one is uh, Eco Balance Award. Uh, that's for the best solutions uh, for climate change and pollution. So everything that has to do with CO2, with uh, climate neutral solutions, with uh, net zero buildings, with energy savings, all that kind of stuff uh, will come into this uh, category. Okay. And then um, the next one is Aqu uh, Aqua uh, Biodiversity Award. So that's the award for best solutions for water and marine resources, but also biodiversity and ecosystems. So everything that has to do with water savings, biodiversity, building with nature, all that kind of stuff uh, will go into this uh, award. I think that's also a major uh, category and some major um, issues for uh, for real estate. Um, yeah, well, actually, it's one in Ireland that has been very separate to real estate and the built environment, anything that happens in our marine area. Um, and, you know, well, and, and we've had our challenges in terms of water infrastructure, but actually both uh, water infrastructure on the island of Ireland and uh, accessing uh, our marine spatial planning and our marine resources for around Ireland is the subject to uh, is subject um, to huge legislative change right now. So it's a really interesting time. I'd love to see yeah, some, I'd love to see some Irish um, some Irish solution providers entering that. And it is. A, I think it's a, uh, an issue all over Europe. We had uh, a very dry uh, season in the beginning of the year. Right now, it's a very wet season. So we have flooding in in mm. in Belgium, in France, in the Netherlands, in Germany, all over the world. Uh, rivers are having uh, some higher water uh, volumes. Um, so how do we deal with water? How do we deal with water within our neighborhood? Uh, how we, do we deal with water in, uh, in development? Um, uh, can we stick the water on our roofs for a long time? Can we stick it in the water, it, in, in the ground? Um, so I think these kind of issues and solutions uh, really need to come together. Um, Wouter, are you absolutely focused on technology or is there a space here for an innovative approach? Because, you know, sometimes I think we kind of conflate those two issues and sometimes they're different but actually you know like right now we have very similar um issues here in ireland and actually just this week in the media there, there's quite a lot of talk about uh, the state having to rise up and maybe start to provide some flood insurance um just because the flooding has been unprecedented and um obviously commercial providers then learn from this and don't want to come into impacted areas, which could actually wipe out the economy of a town very quickly. Um, so this is the kind of solution that, yes, technology will play a part, but there really needs to be an innovative approach, almost like a, a complete a business model redesign for some of these solutions. And I feel the same around mortgages on some finance areas as well. So will you be solely focused on the technology or no. are you innovation? Innovation solutions uh, from all different kind of perspectives. That's okay. Yeah, excellent. Okay, and I, by the way, I think it's worth pointing out here that actually uh, behind the global ESG awards, there is a new network EU bin. You might just the, the building innovation network. You might just talk us through this. Yeah, and then after I will then name the next uh, two categories. Oh, please so do. EU yeah. bin. We, we started this uh, the end of December, I believe, together with uh, Sarah Schlesinger uh, from Germany. She's from Blackprint. 
um, and we thought we needed to create uh, a new network, um, EUBIN, so it's the European Building Innovation Network, where we bring together all the associations, but also all the, uh, the capital companies, so the VCs, angels, um, to really uh, come together as a, as a network to really help forward the industry um, in, the, in all these well, different, uh, different uh, times um, and to help them on a positive uh, change uh, and a positive way uh, to show them which kind of direction the industry is moving by technology, open innovation and digitalization. Excellent. Well, I, I want to come back to that because I'm curious about the role you see angel investors and uh, the VC ecosystem, um, the impact that that's likely to have, because in Ireland, ours really is just evolving. It's taken huge step forwards in the last number of years, but it's just evolving. So I do want to come back uh, and talk about that. But you might just talk us through the final two categories there of the awards. Yeah, the final two ones. Uh, the, the the one is Resource Excellence Awards. So this is for solutions that have a uh, solution for resource use and circular economy. So this is like new materials, reuse of materials, bio-based materials, um, all different kind of new uh, new stuff that is coming on uh, the market. Also for um, a better uh, CO2 uh, print, I believe. Um, and then the last category is a Communicare Impact Award. So this is the, for the best solutions. This is more focused on the S uh, of ESG, um, affected communities, con uh, consumers and end users. So communities within buildings or, uh, uh, um, or areas, um, how to engage people living in areas, everything that has to, uh, that has to cope with that. Fantastic. Um, it, uh, I, I talk a lot about the S and ESG because... I have met people who think that stands for sustainability and I said, no, the social is so important social, and we yeah. can see it. You know, we probably put that under the, the title of placemaking because I think that that ties it all together and and the sustainability of a place is huge. But the reason we need to, the, a place to be sustainable is for its people. So people are always at the heart of place and and sometimes through, particularly in PropTech, I can see that that gets a little bit left behind. And so that's why I'm really excited to see so much focus on user experience across the entire use of the built environment. But the social side, to me, um, is where the I, I think the big opportunities will be to get place right. Um, yeah. So I, I think things like the environmental um, factors, they will almost need to happen by excellent design. But the social is really that's that's a bit you like the, the magic sauce. You need to yeah. bring the people. Um, and yeah. so, look, I'm conscious of your time today, so I don't say much further. But um, I am interested there just in terms of EU bin and the work that you're doing. Um, you know, I mentioned it before Ireland and, and I know back in 2017 when we first um, the 2016, 2017, when PropTech Ireland came together, it came as a response of um, really we had very little VC um, action happening in Ireland and our angel investors, they tended to veer towards industries that they were familiar with and that tended not to be construction or, or real estate. Now, that's absolutely changed on both fronts um, in the last number of years. But I suppose taking not just an Irish approach, but a, a more international approach. What role do you think angel and VCs have um, in terms of driving supporting the right innovation so to really have an impact on the built environment yeah i have a, sometimes a different kind of opinion on it um i believe um the the, the vcs and angels um, 
we we need everybody. So we need the VCs, we need the angels, we need the networks, we need the corporate companies, we need the corporate VCs, we need everything in this uh, ecosystem um, to to support uh, to create a better built environment. Uh, but sometimes I see uh, VCs or angels or networking uh, networks focusing too much on like one solution uh, and to uh, promote that solution because they have invested in that or they have a, a stake in that. Uh, but there are so many more solutions out there. And sometimes a combination of solutions is maybe even a better solution. Um, and that's what we have been talking about, I believe, actually already before the pandemic, that a consolidation uh, would be great to happen. Uh, but it never happened. Uh, and maybe now it's going to happen because there is less money in the market and uh, uh, startups and scale-ups need to show that they really bring value. And the, like we started the conversation, it's not the nice to have, but they really have a business case. Um, so they have really a, lot, uh, a right to be in business. Um, and that maybe is going to change uh, a lot. Um, so that will be... Uh, so maybe... This will be 2024 will be the year of collaboration. Um, um, yeah. And you know, I think that would be good. I think it's interesting. And I think for the last number of years, we really thought that we'd start. And we did, to be fair, we did start to see more uh, M&A activity across the, the prop tech space and, and particularly yeah. actually on the construction technology space. But I think it's interesting when you describe it as not one solution, but a combination of solutions. But I'm not sure that consolidation is the only way to achieve that. I think actually all solution providers need to get better at integrations. And I think one of the concepts we've been trying be to introduce. It can be M&As. It can yeah. be. But it's also a combination between uh, VCs working more together with the networks and uh, via versa so that we know what is going on and trying to help each other out. Uh, so collaboration is uh, in a lot of ways uh, can be made possible. Oh, absolutely. And in fact, um, again, one of the things we've been trying to do over the last uh, number of years, because we saw that solutions were almost being pitted against each other as competitors, when actually they did slightly different jobs. And once you became familiar with them, you could see they were each generating value, but in a different way. So actually, one of the things we've been really trying to yeah. do in terms of the education and awareness is to talk about a tech stack. Because when people have invested in technology, it's really important that they understand that's great. You invest in this piece of technology. It's good that it's working. And now it has to integrate with another piece of technology that's going to solve another problem that you have. And that actually we could be looking at a tech stack yeah. of 10, 12, you know, whatever, whatever pieces of technology. But and so I think integration is the magic word, you know, and, and it's not new. It's not sexy. It's, you know, it doesn't seem very innovative, yeah. but the reality is to get our, to get our processes working really well for the users and for the industry, I think integrations has to kind of be our magic word. Um, And, and there's still some, there's still some problems, some nuts there that need to be cracked. Uh, we still have some solutions that are very good and they just don't play well with others. And actually, if they don't play well with others, I feel they'd be left behind as we as our systems become more streamlined. So, um, you know, 2024, yeah. I think, will be an interesting year. Uh, before we finish up, Bouter, uh, I definitely want to remind people that the applications for, for uh, the Global ESG Awards are open until the 31st of January. Um, yeah. Obviously, we want to get as many global applications in. 
being selfish, I want to see as many Irish applications <laughs> in or Ireland based applications in. I you know whether they're coming you from the startups. Well, <laughs> startups, scale ups, any solution providers. So I'd love to see a really strong Irish, um, a really strong Irish representation there because we have some great innovators here. Uh, and the number might be small, but the impact has been quite large. And that's what we've seen. You know, one of the great things about innovators in Ireland is that unlike in other countries and some other countries, because the marketplace is so small, they are primed for export. So yeah, that's actually, good. yeah, so actually they have that natural advantage because if you're not primed for export, you don't survive through your early funding rounds. So yes. actually, um, for you know, so actually Irish or Ireland-based startups tend to have to be better at an earlier stage. But by doing that, they have a resiliency and and they they're once once they're geared for export, they tend to be able to enter new markets. And because we have a built uh, suppliers in the built environment like our data centers construction, some of our main contractors are property developers who are property developers who are Ireland based, but de developing world class developments right across the world they tend to bring their supply chain with them so that's a huge advantage for ireland-based innovators yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. anybody ireland-based innovators please get your application in this is a great opportunity to showcase the best of what you can do and voucher before we finish up tell me what are you hoping to see through these awards well, uh, I hope a lot of solutions. I hope a lot of new solutions on a global scale. Also, what is happening in Asia? What is happening in um, in the Middle East? Uh, what is happening in, in the Americas? Um, what is happening in Europe? Um, and maybe we can divert some major trends uh, out of that. Uh, I don't know yet, but let's let's see. Um, so what we're going to do after the MIPIM, after March, uh, we will uh, bring out also an ebook with all solutions in there. So even if you didn't uh, uh, did not win uh, one of the awards, you still get a lot of value out of it because we're going to uh, uh, share this with the whole community um, so that a lot of people uh, get these insights. Um, so, yeah. Well, well I'm really looking yet, forward uh, to it. Done it. Go to www.globalesgawards.com and then you can uh, see everything and, uh, and nominate uh, your company. Vajra, thank you so much. Uh, Project Ireland is delighted to be involved and in supporting this. I personally am delighted to to uh, take part in the judging and, and on your jury panel. And I look forward to catching up with you in person in MIPIM in Cannes, uh, at MIPIM in Cannes uh, yeah. in March, which will be quite quick coming around. So final shout out for any innovators there. Uh, 31st of January is the deadline Please do apply. We'd love to see some strong Irish innovation um, well represented, not just uh, in the awards and not just at MIPIM um, in March, but also actually being published in that global um, in that global ebook that e will be yeah. a resource for the industry. So absolutely delighted to be involved. And we ask anybody who has an innovation to please put forward their application. Voucher, thank you so much for, for giving us your time today and going through all that. That was Voucher Trofino, initiator of Holland PropTech and Contech. And um, my thanks as always to our producer Katie Talon and to the production team at Hear Me Roar Media. Before we go, just a special word of thanks to our sponsor, PropTech Ireland, for supporting the podcast and for making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the PropTech Hot Seat. In the meantime, please be sure to check out all of the other Irish and international real estate and construction shows on iProperty Radio.